Hello, welcome to the Rioteers Review on the Riot Act podcast. My name's Stephen Hill. His name's Renfrey Deadman. Hello. We're the main two. We're the sort of two guys, aren't we? Just two guys. We're just two guys. Just we're just sh- two guys shit. just hanging out, talking about music that we really love. Just not today. <laughs> um, this is the Rioteers Review. Go over to patreon.com forward slash Riot Act podcast. And if you pay any amount of money... You can suggest a record, and then once you've suggested that record, we, Renfrey and I, will speak about it, which is what we're going to do now. If you've done that and you're listening to it straight away, thank you. Thank you for so much for doing that. Um, unless you are the person that suggested the record, and in this case, fuck you. Um, but <laughs> but, but um, uh, you can upgrade to the five pound tier, and then you'll get. Me and Renfrey every other week talking about one of our favourite albums ever, where, which is this is definitely not one of them. Um, th- today we are going to be speaking, thanks to uh, Ast- Ast- Athenia912, mm. who's actually contacted us via the download forum yes. and begged us to do this. Now I'm going to make this very clear. Normally I don't make don't take suggestions from anywhere apart from the Patreon page. But um, deviously, uh, we thought it would annoy you, so that's why we we picked it. Uh, any comments on that, Steve? Yeah, we're not doing that again. <laughs> by the way, <laughs> he suggested. Well, I will say it we, is a one-off. It is a one-off, and we won't be doing it again. But I thought it would no, be amusing. <laughs> so. It's just the debut studio album by the American rock band Angels and Airwaves, released on the twenty-third of May. 2006 angels and airwaves or as i like to call them 30 seconds to sars uh, um right. that is accurate yeah <laughs> that is i accurate. mean if those of you who are listening are not aware of angels and airwaves um sorry wonder, to make you aware of them <laughs> i wonder if people will be because they've kind of been they haven't done anything for a fair while have they no, they People haven't. Know about no, this been, band? I don't know. Been good. Um, <laughs> well, it's okay. So, Angels, I, I don't know really because I don't know. Do people remember Plus 44? Which was uh, Boxcar Racer. Mark. Well, we're going to talk about Boxcar Racer. Yeah, so, Racer. So, Boxcar Racer was um, basically Tom DeLonghi from the Blink 182s uh, decided to do a sort of Fugazi band. And that happened in, what, 2002, something like that? Boxcar Racer? 2002, that sounds right. 2001, 2002, I was going to say, but yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that happened. And it's I quite, remember hearing... Quite good. Hearing about that. Yeah, I remember hearing about that as an idea mm. and going, oh, dear. <laughs> oh, my lordy. What's he doing that for? And I... um. I decided that I would listen to a little bit of it out of just sort of out of sheer curiosity. And it turned out, like you say, Renfrew, it was actually was quite good. Yeah. Boxcar well, Racer's decent. Yeah, it's cool. It's a pretty good record. It's got some good stuff on it. Yeah. Um, Cat Like Thief with Tim Armstrong is a very good song. Yeah. Don't live, don't live, don't live. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so I thought, bloody hell, all right, maybe Tom DeLonghi isn't the worst person that has ever walked the planet like I previously had suspected. Um, and then uh, Blink-182's debut, not debut, sorry, their self-titled Self-titled. album came out in 2004. <laughs> 2003. Five, three. Right, yep. Three. Right. Yep, sorry, yeah. yep. 
2003. And that's got feeling this on it. And it's got I Miss You on it. I and miss you too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it's got a lot of... It's got Anthem Part 2 on it. No, it doesn't. That's fucking Texas Part 2. Okay. Uh, it's got uh, Go on it. It's got... Um, oh, God. I yeah, yeah. Go. That song's hilarious. <laughs> My mum said go. And she said we're going to go now. Go, 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 go. And then we all when we're going to go. Go, go, go. Yeah. yeah. And I remember listening to it. I think it might have been a Radio 1 session of that song or something like that. And just thinking, what are they fucking doing? What are they doing? Robert Smith's on the album as well. Oh, of course he is. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I hope yeah. he was paid well for that. Um, <laughs> it's not. It's you're not probably. A fan, you're not I, a fan of the self-titled Blink One Eighty Two album. That's I think it's. The, I think it's me. the best Blink One Eighty Two album. At a generous five out of ten. Eey. Okay. I think it's the best Blink One Eighty Two album. Definitely. I think. I mean we've spoken about in the past where bands have changed their sounds and sometimes they've needed a whole record and tour in order to do that. And then, and then the second time that they try and do that is when they really hit the nail on the head. I actually suspect that might've happened with uh, Blink-182, 182, if it hadn't have all gone to shit. Um, I suspect that whatever the follow-up might have been, I mean, obviously it ends up being Neighbourhoods, which was just a load of wank and too much time had passed. But if they had been able to keep on that path, um, I think there would have been potential that they could have released actually a, a seven out of ten. <laughs> actually, a genuinely really good record. I mean, obviously, me and you have slightly different feelings on Blink. I, I, I tend to you despise them so much, and I don't like them enough to to defend them that much. But you know, just for clarity, just just so that people know that it's not it's not two people coming from this. Uh, uh, at this absolutely hating Blink-182 and what they used to do. I think Enema of the State is a near-perfect pop-punk album. I, I like Take Your Pants... Uh, tank, take Off Your Pants and Jacket. I think Dude Ranch has good bits on it. That's about it. Mm. You're very generous. You're a very generous <laughs> man. Um, <laughs> yeah. Just in case you didn't know, I think Blink-182... Are one of the worst things that has ever happened on this planet. Um, I fucking hate them. Uh, and Blink so, One Eight Two, Donald Trump, climate change. I like Donald Trump more than I like Blink One Eight Two. <laughs> I'm not even joking. I, I genuinely think I do. Um, anyway, uh, Angels and Airwaves. So basically, Tom DeLonge had a go at doing something a bit more serious. He did Boxcar Racer, and it was a bit more serious. It was all right. He did Blink One Eight Two, and it was a bit more serious, and it really wasn't that great. Um, and he was obviously a bit annoyed about the fact that people were sort of going, you're the bloke with the lip ring who runs down the street with your willy out and that's all you are and that's all you'll ever be while you're in this band. So he decided to form a new band um, called Angels and Airways, A-A-A or Ava. He's just put one of the A's upside down the in the acronym. They say Ava, but that's not what they're called. They're not called Angels V Airwaves, are they? They're called Angels and Airwaves. Yeah, but his daughter's called Ava. But that doesn't matter, does it? Mm-hmm. I mean, you, I can't... If I decided to call... Like, when we was in Stegall, I couldn't have gone, yeah, but the acronym is going to be Bonjour because my cat's called Bonjour. <laughs> and people will go, why? How? Doesn't make sense. 
yeah, one of the I many mean, things that doesn't make sense. Yes, I understand what you're saying. I mean, I don't think that's a reason to hate a band. <laughs> but, it's but, not a reason yeah, to hate yes, a band. So I, uh, I don't. I mean, but there are plenty of other reasons <laughs> to right. hate this particular band. Um, yeah, so, uh, you know, I, when I heard that he was doing a new band, um, I suspected... I mean, I have to confess, I've never listened to this record before. Neither never had I. Neither had I, to uh, be clear. Uh, but I, I suspected that it wouldn't be something that I liked. Mm. I do remember at the time he mentioned you 2 a lot. Mm, he did. He did. Well, this is the thing, right? So I did not. I mean, by the time this came out, I was, what, 20, 20 years old, something like that. Um, my love for Blink-182 had definitely declined. No. Um, oh, I, Enema of the State, mate. Come on. Uh <laughs> So man who hasn't heard the first Goldfinger album <laughs> speaks. I have heard the first Goldfinger album. I love the first Goldfinger album. I prefer oh, right, okay. Enemy of the State. Well, I think Enemy of the no. State's a far superior record. Um, Is it? Fuck! <laughs> it's not about this, anyway. It's not about that. Um, uh, yeah, but I, I, like, I wasn't massively interested in what they were doing. But the idea of Tom DeLong, DeLonghi, how you pronounce it, doing stadium rock was intriguing to me um i mean this was a man who wrote a song which consists entirely of the words shit piss fuck cunt cocksucker motherfucker tits fart turd and twat repeated four times and then at the end they go i fucked your mom because that's the sort of thing they want they used to do yeah i can see why people uh, want to refer to them as like the voice of a generation <laughs> that band. Do that, <laughs> yeah. Loads of people do. You hear all these idiots all the time going, that blink one of the most important things. <laughs> Fuck off. I think they all work for rock sound, all of those people. Um, <coughs> but uh, but but to be honest, or singing you, architects, <laughs> Sam Carter, his favorite band, Blink 182. You're what? kidding. No, no, he loves them. He fucking loves them. Oh, I'm always like, come on, mate, even, you're better more, than that. Or even more reason to despise that band. Um, I are architects going to apologize to you <laughs> <laughs> i fucking hope so um uh but look i was definitely 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 intrigued and then tom DeLong just starts spouting so much fucking mess messianic complex bollocks in the press about how you know this was an art project that approaches larger human themes and tackles them in different mediums. And he was saying it was a multimedia project and th things like this went beyond music. He, he said the album would be the greatest rock and roll revolution for this generation. Um, he basically came out of some sort of real life Bill and Ted, you know, basically trying to insinuate that he was going to save the world with his music. Well, that's how it felt anyway. Have you ever noticed how any time anyone ever does that sort of thing, mm. the results are always shit? More always. Of, more often than not, they are. And I think the reason for that is because most of the time when people are doing that sort of thing in public, in a public forum, they're probably having a nervous breakdown. And to be, I, you know, I think Tom DeLonge was... Having... Say most of the time, I would like you to name me one time where the results of somebody doing that hasn't led to one of the most 
the shittest records ever made. Ooh. I, I, I honestly, I, I'm not, I'm not. Code Orange. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Code Orange are saying that they're going to save no. the world. No, 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 true, true. Um, you can you can certainly have a lot of courage of your convictions, and yeah, it's not quite what you're saying. I, you can certainly yeah. have courage of your convictions. That's quite that's a that's a different thing. But I can think of three off the top of my head. Go on. There's this. Yeah. There's Johnny Burrell from Razorlight. Yeah. yeah. And who said all that shit? Uh, then there is. Um, just Jared Leto in general. <laughs> Jared Leto in general. I'm sure there are more examples than that. I probably imagine. are loads, yeah. Probably um, are. And I uh, bet they're all rubbish. They probably are. They probably are. Um, but I do think that if you're saying that sort of thing in the press, particularly in the press, I mean, it's, saying that sort of thing in private is bad enough, but saying it to, to millions of people who are going to read it, I mean, it's just fucking insane. But, mm. you know, not not to be just like disrespectful about it or anything like that, but I think that maybe he was fucking insane at this point. I think maybe he was going through a bad, bad time. Um, and, uh, you know, I mean, there was lots of talk about him putting himself into isolation for like three weeks and just not seeing anyone writing all this material he wrote it over a period of about six months on his own he was really depressed about the breakup of blink 182 um you know i mean i think i think hadn't he become a father not long before this i mean the whole thing with blink 182 splitting up i think was a lot of it was down to tom wanting to spend a lot more time at home with his family um so i think there was a lot of that and i i suspect becoming a father quite probably made him go wow i get up on stage and sing songs about fucking a dog in the ass and made him maybe have some sort of existential crisis and angels and airwaves is the result i can sort of understand that but i also would think if you just had a child surely you would think you would be aware that music is not doesn't that usually there's this thing where they say that having kids makes you appreciate the simple things in like, and oh, isn't it nice to, I'm a father now, and that's actually much more important than anything else. And just the sort of simple pleasure mm. of raising this child is actually gives me so much more joy than all the other things. Not, oh, look, I've had a kid. I must be God. Do you know I, what I mean? I, I must I, be G. I've had a child. I've a, I used to sing about sucking off a dog. And then I said, no, I'm not going to do that anymore. Now I've had a kid. I think no one, those, the only other person that's done those two things is jesus so <laughs> i must be jesus like you fucking what are you doing you idiot i imagine there are a couple of stages in between that you've missed out but yes i mean broadly maybe that is something to do i don't know i, or I... He bought a police album <laughs> yeah that's the other one he listened to rush once i i mean look i'm i'm making guesses here because i i i don't know maybe the story is out there but i'll be fucked if i'm gonna read it um so you know i haven't but my guess would be that that's what this is and certainly hearing him talk about all that stuff and that big bizarre complex just made me go you know what tom i'm all right i can't be fucked to listen to this so um yeah but he got a good band behind him didn't he really to he did go on this adventure yeah i mean atom willard is um uh you know, formerly of Rocket from the Crypt, and, and currently, and, and currently of Against Me. 
Yes. Um, so that's good. Yeah. Uh, He's only the drummer. Ryan he, Sin so. from The Distillers. Mm -hmm. Plays bass. Mm -hmm. uh, David Kennedy, formerly of uh, Boxcar Racer as well. Yeah. So, you know, it's a good group of people. It's a good pedigree of musicians, I would say. Such a uh, shame that none of them were allowed any say in any matters whatsoever, I would imagine. It sort of sounds like none of them really get to do anything apart from sort of stand at the back of the stage while Tom does his kind of this messiah complex i've actually just I read i don't know if that's strictly true i think i think it's quite subtle just read by the way sorry but oh, i think it's quite important that we say um he was actually apparently uh he was um a bit sort of he had personal crises uh including his brother's deployment to iraq during the iraq war and his uh father was diagnosed with leukemia so what i've just said oh, now crikey. feels a little bit like a shitty thing to say but well there anyway. we go there we go um so you know it's it's absolutely like a lot of shitty things happen to him in in a very short space of time and that usually leads to some sort of breakdown as i think both of us can attest frankly um so but having said that that is no fucking excuse for his behavior in the press which was basically coming on and being something i i've always kind of maintained that <clears throat> whether whether one has mental health issues or not it's never ever an excuse to act like a cunt um and and you know sometimes uh little mental mental, mental health issues do actually make you act a little bit self-centered maybe for a short period of time but you should always have the self-awareness to be able to go i fucked up that might be down to issues that i have but whatever i'm sorry you know and i'm saying that as someone who has quite quite <laughs> extreme mental health issues so you know i'm not being um I, I believe i'm coming from a good place saying that um so i've never really been into that as an excuse i think that's fucking bullshit for the most part and i think that's just terrible people trying to blame it on something so that they don't seem as terrible um i think saying things like this album would be the greatest rock and roll revolution for this generation which is one of the most laughable things that a rock star has ever said probably apparently he said it's the the was going to be the the follow-up to nevermind by nirvana the most important record since nevermind yeah ah. i mean i mean i i don't even know how the most hardened blink 182 tom delonghi fan could could um defend that shit I mean, you are practically painting a bullseye on your chest when you say shit like that, especially for people like us, like rock journalists, <laughs> you know. I thought um, you meant people with, with good taste in music for a minute, <laughs> Renfrew. Um, I mean, I'm wondering, like, we're probably going to have ever so slightly different views on this record. So do you shit on it first? Or do I say what I think is good about it and then you shit on it? Which way round do you want to do it? I think we should get the, the quick stuff out of the way. So you say okay. what's good about it. It should only take about 10 seconds. <laughs> Go on. Um, well, musically, I don't think it's terrible. Oh. Uh, you, you can hear the influence of the likes of Radiohead and Pink Floyd, um, both which were both mentioned quite a lot um i think those influences are very surface level incredibly surface level uh especially when you compare them to those bands um this never goes anywhere near the depths of a radiohead or a pink floyd i can 
kind of understand why a very casual music layman fan would compare this to those bands and on a surface level yes but just because a band sound like another band it doesn't mean that they have the intricacies and subtleties of that band you know um I mean, based on this album alone, I can't imagine Angels and Airways ever writing a song as intricate and complex as Body Snatchers or Burn the Witch or Money or Wish You Were Here. <laughs> you know. It's funny um, that you're even saying those songs in comparison with this record. I've, well, I'm only, I'm, funny, only, it? It, I'm only saying those songs because, they, I mean, Radiohead, Pink Floyd and U2 seem to be the big three that kept coming up over and over again. I think even U2, who personally, I mean, you may feel differently to, to, uh, on this but YouTube for me I don't think ever quite matched the musical complexities of Radiohead or Pink Floyd I think that's fair um, but they certainly have a much better sense of songwriting composition than Tom DeLonge does like as well uh, based on this record um, just because you've bought a digital delay effect that doesn't mean you're going to be as good as U2 uh, which I think is probably what Dom, Tom DeLonge probably thought who's <laughs> like oh I'll just buy this digital delay and then I'll be the edge no um i think the main thing that bothers me about the record is uh, tom's long's voice is just not suited to this kind of music it just isn't well, music <laughs> well debatably <laughs> debatably yes but but certainly certain i mean at least with the pop punk thing i can go i can see that why it works i still find him quite cloying and quite irritating on quite a few bling 182 songs but i understand why that style works with pop punk this yeah i only find his voice annoying on the tracks that he sings on to be fair so, <laughs> uh, all the mark hoppus ones i don't actually find his voice annoying on all the ones that mark hoppus sings um but well, then i do find mark hoppus's voice annoying so it's quite <laughs> tough. personally i was pleasantly surprised at how i thought i'd want to hurl my computer out of the window listening to this <laughs> down to tom's voice alone um and and i didn't which is encouraging because i really did think the idea of him doing stadium rock style stuff i you know his voice is just too weak it's too whiny it's so horribly nasally it's got for stadium rock it's got to be big and powerful and it just lots of qualities that tom DeLonge just does not have lyrically i mean the most eloquent and poignant thing he seems to be able to say with this record is if we all stick together, everything will be okay, more or less. I mean, there's a couple of other deviations which we'll get into, but that is the main... It Most of the record just seems to be about falling in and out of love, really, like every other fucking record. And there's nothing wrong with writing about that if you want to, but also don't pretend that you're fucking the you know, second coming of Jesus if you're just going to write a love record, which is like, oh, it's nice when we're together. Um, I think it's also pretty one-paced as an album. Um we were talking about Hum um, probably a week or two ago when you hear this. Um, and you were talking about how, but there's a few records we talked about with this where you like just being in the world of a record. And honestly, I thought this was a nice sounding record. And I was, I nothing particularly grabbed me, but I didn't mind being in its presence. It was actually, for me, I don't think you'll agree with this, but for me, it was like perfect. It was a perfectly nice ambience and mood an atmosphere it was creating not to the same extent as hum to be super clear but it, ev it evoked that for me um and uh, for about 25 minutes and then i was just getting a bit bored and i was like you're not really changing 
the record an awful lot, are you? Uh, and it just kind of had me reaching for my copy of Acton Baby, um, which, you know, is a very diverse and very interesting record. And you can you can see the line, I would say. I would say you can see the influence, but it is a very watered down, very, you know, edges shaved off version of what you two did. Um, well, this is the thing, isn't it? Is it how di- we've said before, like how difficult it actually is to be good at that thing. And mm. it's when you hear the bands that aren't good at that thing that you, you realise how good the bands that are good at it are. I w- and you when, two are better than Angels and Airways. When I said far better, it had me reaching for my copy of Acting Baby. I do mean literally. I literally put Acting Baby on immediately after listening to this and was like, oh my God, that's so much better. Because <laughs> it reminded me of a shit version of U2, especially what they were doing around that time. Um, in terms of the record itself, that's more or less all I have to say about on it. What do you agree with? What do you disagree with? And do your shitty... Well, it's a shit with. version of Acting Baby. I mean, I agree with that. Yeah. I mean, it's not even a yeah. shit version of Acting Baby because it doesn't even try and do anything as interesting as Acting Baby did for me. It's more like a no. shit version of How to Dismantle an Atomic Bomb, which yeah. is when I'd really kind of checked out at U2 and don't really yeah. have any like you know they really had gone like fuck it we're just a massive like stadium rock act now we'll just play really quite simple music for people to enjoy and most of it's fairly fucking boring um i think this is you're right one paste is definitely the word this is a dull 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 record it is with the international bonus track do it for me now live from fuse uh it is just under 55 minutes long 55 yes. fucking minutes. I'm going to somebody... confess, I didn't listen to the bonus track version. I apologize. Oh, well, that's fine. You've missed nothing. Um, <laughs> it is of somebody just wildly emoting. Um, hmm. uh, and but and saying nothing. There's, you know, it was just hmm. one of these things where, like, like so many of these records, uh, I mean, I was sort of sitting there, I was going, what do I like? I'm not sure. Like, if we had this in Broken Records and we also had, I don't know, Dude Ranch in Broken Records where it fucking belongs, um, although obviously it isn't in there because it's not just about me, is it? Um, uh, but if we had like this or, you know, a Blink-182 record in Broken Records, I was like, well, what one would I put above and below? Because where I find, what I hate about Blink-182 is this kind of sneering self-congratulatory um deeply unfunny desperate attempt to be wacky guys whilst playing the most kind of basic dull pop punk music whereas this i mean at least there's shit where you go like what are you talking about fucking a dog in the arse you pathetic little children you're not funny you're pathetic like and it and it riles me up whereas this i was just sitting here and i was going yeah, you think you're great. Like, do you know what I mean? It's like, oh, it's another song about... and Because it's all so bloody vague, like you said, you know, what's it really about? It's not really about anything, this record. I don't really no. know what any of it... It doesn't say anything. And it all kind of sounds the same. And it's all very kind of middle, middle of the road. It's produced like a fucking Imagine Dragons record. Like, and his voice is whiny and annoying. And you just think... I, c- I can't remember a thing. The only song that I can remember a bit from is The War, which was felt like, you know, the song that was the most uh, driving, if you like. 
Well, the war is is. I mean, the, you know, a lot of the um, reviews, or if you go on the Wikipedia page or whatever, it will say stuff like. Oh, where's that bit? We Don't Need to Whisper was inspired by a mix of both personal developments and global events. During production, DeLong studied World War II, which he considered the last great war, clearly a battle between good and evil. I mean, calling any war great. Uh, he saw America enter a post-war period of prosperity and perceived it as an analogy for possibilities in his life. The album was encouraged by... Which Messiah Complex. Uh, the album was encouraged by other personal crises as well, such as DeLong's father's diagnosis of leukemia and his brother's deployment to Iraq. DeLong criticised the Iraq war as unnecessary. I mean, if you listen to the war, it doesn't really say anything beyond war is bad. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, this is prime post-Iraq war when we were told we were going to get loads of great art. And actually, yeah. it's just somebody going, you know, bombs are bad. You know, bombs hurt people, don't you? And everyone's like, yeah. Well, I needed to say it, guys, because somebody needed to say it. And it's like, I'm sorry, man. But yeah, you, aren't, you are not Bob Dylan and you are exactly. not saying anything. And it's some, you know. It's it's hardly the soul-searching epiphany I would expect from a true artist, if I'm totally I honest. I mean, all that and shit I, about that like, sounds pretentious. Hey, yeah, like, hey. Um, I've just realised that World War Two was a real battle between good and evil. Yeah, Where everyone fucking, fucking know. Yeah, everyone yeah, yeah. fucking knows that. Yeah, yeah. He he was. I mean, he was saying a bunch of shit around this time, which he seemed to put a profound emphasis on. Where I was kind of like, I mean, I think I came out of the womb knowing war was bad. Do you know what I mean? Obviously, I'm being slightly facetious, but you know, like. Uh, yeah i i just i i was really interested to see how a lyricist like tom delong you know with his track past track record would would uh approach a subject like the iraq war and yeah i mean it's just crap analogy like crap stuff about like i see bodies on the streets and bloody blood it's like fuck off it's this like it is just yeah war is bad don't do war it's like yeah and <laughs> it's, it is pretty fucking lame i have to admit it's pretty rubbish yeah it's rubbish it's absolutely rubbish and you know it sounds like someone desperately searching for something poignant and worthwhile to say but not actually having the capacity to say anything particularly worthwhile sorry i no. i thought that summed it up so well i had to interrupt you there yeah yeah no you're right you're right you're absolutely right i mean that is completely the problem with this uh, yeah. with this record it's a fucking you know, that's like, you know, to go back to it, like what annoys me more frat boy dickheads desperately trying to be funny or chin strokey, pretentious cock ends trying to say something profound. And I love the latter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but I think I think I have, you know, I, like, I don't like anybody doing the first one, really, particularly. I, um, I was joking, to be fair. Uh, yeah. Um uh, you said you, you so, thought that, did, did you say you thought this was a broken record? Are you well, going that you know, far? Um, I think it could be. Well, I mean, no. What I was saying was, is I think that if it, well, I, 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 I think if we were doing it in broken records, uh -huh. that's what I'm saying. Okay, okay, okay. I mean, I think it's it's worse than Lauren Hill mtv unplugged and it's worse than i mean there's a lot that it's worse than a lot i i, I mean i, I was gonna say it's, i i it's don't worse than liz fair it's worse than 
Bob Dylan. It's I was going to say, Lulu. I don't think it is a broken record personally because there's a lot that's actually really good about it. The production is really lovely and surprisingly, it's done by Tom DeLonge, which is a shock. Most people who self-produce records, it often turns out quite badly unless you're a Trent Reznor. Certainly, if you told me Tom DeLonge was going to be self-producing a record, I'd be like, uh-oh, that's going to be a disaster. It sounds sounds quite quite lovely in places, I think, production-wise. Um, and and I, I don't think... I don't even think it's a bad record. I just think it's a bit of a boring one, which doesn't, which um, is pretending it has something to say and doesn't. They were nominated for an MTV award alongside Rihanna, mm. James Blunt doing You're Beautiful, Chris Brown, and Avenged Sevenfold, who ended up winning. So it's wow. not even like it was, yeah, fair play to Avenged Sevenfold. Good for them. Yeah, out of that lot. I mean, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely out of that lot. Um, um, but, um, you know, and they were a metal band, so good. But listen, I mean, it wasn't that badly reviewed. No, really. it received pretty mixed um, critical responses, I would say. Um, and there was a Rolling Stone review. Um, the writer Christian Horde summarized the record incredibly well i think by saying that delong yanks heartstrings with so so results and i think that's kind of the issue isn't it it's just a record that is trying to emote and trying to say all these things and trying to evoke passion and emotion in the listener and for me personally it just goes totally over my head i don't really feel anything when listening to this album to be totally honest no um, it's 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 boring and you're not saying anything. And that is the problem. Like, I mean, Atom Willard was in fucking Rocket from the Crypt. Mm. You, you're in one of the most exciting bands. And, you know, the idea that you would walk in after being in sharp suits and brass sections and fucking slick back hair and Rocket from the fucking Crypt mm. and you'd walk in to just play 4-4 four, four and go and listen to Tom DeLonge going, war's quite bad. Yeah, well, Rocky That's actually crypt. really quite bad. Really <laughs> bad. Bodies like, strewn the in the fuck? streets. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's just, it's just that whole... So not everyone has something to say and that's okay. Like, not every band has to say something. And this is... Tom DeLonge trying to overstretch and try. I mean, it's it's a difficult one though, isn't it? Because we do want to encourage bands to try and do different things and to try and broaden out beyond their ideas. And so from that point of view, I don't want to shit on this too much. And I don't think it's a travesty by any stretch of the imagination, personally. I just think it's quite boring. It's really fucking boring. And, I, you know, but the thing is, is that, yeah, you don't want to tell bands that not to do this and not to do that. But at the same time, I would say, like, just have a little think about what what exactly are you trying to say? Because mm. this isn't shitting on a band for trying something different. No. You're not trying anything different. You're not trying anything. You're not. You haven't done anything. Like, and and the, the his reaction of like, I mean, if it like you know, if he'd have come out and gone, did this album because I was sick of talking about getting my willy out and wanking off dogs and stuff. So I thought, fuck it, I'm going to do like a bit of more of a serious thing and, you know, do a sort of arena rock thing that's going to appeal to a lot of people. It's a bit more mature, you know. Mm. You would have gone, yeah, all right, fair enough. Yeah. But because he didn't say that, because he compared it to Nevermind, yeah. I just think you're a delusional dickhead. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
But uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's a delusional dickhead maybe going through a horrendous time in his life. I mean, again, like I said at the top of this, I don't think really that should should uh, that really no. be an excuse. But yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, I think if you wrote the song, I want to fuck a dog in the ass, kind of feeling that karma's got, got, got you. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> the worst for That's people why who, your brother got bombed. Worse for people who do get fucked dogs in the ass, I think, just to say. But yeah, yeah maybe. But who knows? Not even knows who they are, do they? <laughs> <So>. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Well, when, when someone who does genuinely fuck a dog in the, the ass will review that record and say that that's absolutely true. <laughs> yeah. Good. Anyway, there you go. Um, that was Angels and Airwaves. The album, if you wish to listen to it, I would, if you haven't heard it before or if you want to go back to it, the album is called We Don't Need to Whisper. Um, Lord only hope... knows what they where they went next. Lord only knows. I hope you're happy, uh, Athena 912, or uh, whatever your real name is. because uh, I've just seen it. It sold nearly 800,000 copies. Oh, yeah. It sold loads. Yeah, it did, did well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking hell. It sold 120, uh, 127,000 copies in its first week. Fucking hell. I bet it's in every charity shop in California. I do wonder how many of those people would have then, yeah, uh, sold, you know, I don't, I mean, I don't want to say Blink-182 fans as a whole don't listen to a wide range of music because that is, very, you know, what, 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 why, why do I, how do I know that? I don't, I don't, but I imagine a lot of people. Just by looking at them. <laughs> but, I, <laughs> but I imagine a lot of people probably were like, no, this isn't what I want Tom DeLong to do. I mean, yeah. I do think I for for all our sort of mocking him for writing a song about a dog, you know, fucking a dog in the ass. He's debatably better at that than doing this. Well, he is. I mean, he is better at that than he is doing this. He is, yeah, yeah. I think so. he probably is. I never thought I'd say that, but he probably is. That's that's where his skill set lies. I yeah, mm. <laughs> which you know is fine, I guess. This is fine. Is it? Uh, anyway, <laughs> we're out. I'm not talking about this fucking album anymore. Shove it up your ass. Bye. <laughs>